If you're in search for that natural tropical paradise, surrounded by azure blue water where you can be out on the lagoon all day and kick back under the stars on a balmy evening, dreaming of somewhere so remote that only two of the 27 atolls are inhabited, well, this is the perfect episode for you. Hey, I'm Steph, and I'm obsessed with all things travel, marketing, branding, and helping you stand out from the crowd. In just under two years, I went from being a home-based travel agent with zero clue how to make it work in the digital world to launching an international ranking travel podcast and creating an online course to help travel agents in lead generation. Here's one thing I know for sure. There has never in the history of the world been a better time to create the travel business you've always wanted. All you need is an actionable strategy and someone to show you the way. Picture this, we're going to spend the next hour of our time together at the Swim Up Pool Bar, where over a cocktail, we deep dive into travel-related topics, mixed with a little classroom training. This show is dedicated to encouraging you to step outside of your comfort zone and into your travel business. I'll show you how I did it and how you can too. Hit subscribe now and let's get into it. If you're a travel agent wanting to onboard your perfect fit clients into your biz, download my free cheat sheet for lead generation systems you can use right now. Head to stephaniemyers.academy forward slash cheat sheet. You're listening to Unplug in Paradise, the podcast. And welcome back to Unplug in Paradise. My name is Stephanie Myers and I'm your travel agent and host. Wow, if you've been tuning in lately, you would be absolutely gobsmacked as I am and completely in awe of these stunning destinations here in our very own backyard. Today's episode, we are jetting back over to the west coast of Australia to a little island group called the Cocos Keeling Islands. Some of you may have heard of it before, but what I'm finding is that most haven't. They don't even know where it is, let alone have heard of it before. So here we are. We're shining spotlights on some very hidden gems in our very own backyard. And today, with the lovely assistance from Linda Cash at Indian Ocean Experiences, joining us back on the show, she paints an absolutely stunning picture of the experiences awaiting you on Cocos Islands. So be sure to pop this episode on while you're resting, meal prepping, or whatever it is that you're up to. Pop it on and let your wanderlust fly. So let's do it. Three, two, one, let's go. Before we begin, as we are both on country today, would you please join me while we recognise the generations of the local Aboriginal people of the Bundjalung Nation who have lived in and derived their physical and spiritual needs from the forests, rivers, lakes and streams of this beautiful valley over thousands of years as the traditional owners and custodians of these lands. In today's episode, we are uncovering Australia's last unspoilt paradise, the Cocos Keeling Islands, which lies in the azure waters of the Indian Ocean, surrounded by coral atolls and uninhabited islands. 
Joining me today is Linda Cash, our East Coast representative for Indian Ocean Experiences. Welcome to the podcast, Linda. Thank you, Steph. Nice to be back. If you're tuning in and looking to really complement this episode, can I suggest that you please pop us on pause and head over to our previous episode together featuring Christmas Island. Reason being is that they are tropical island sisters and can easily be visited in conjunction with each other. And this is the perfect flow on from that episode. So, Linda, I know in our last episode we touched on your first-hand experience living and working on Christmas Island, and it was so incredible to hear about your time on the island. We also dived into your background in the travel industry. Would you mind giving us a quick little recap? Sure, not a problem, Steph. So, yes, I lived on Christmas Island for um, 10 years, and during that time I visited the Cocos Keeling Islands a approximately once a year so around about 10 visits I've done to the Cocos Keeling Islands Mm. Um, so I've worked in the travel industry uh, for uh, well over 15 years now and uh, initially as Christmas Islands marketing manager and then representing Australia's Indian Ocean Islands with um, Indian Ocean experiences Mm. and I'm also an auditor an eco auditor with ecotourism australia so my background is slow and sustainable ecotourism i love that (laughs) (laughs) yes it's definitely the way forward is most of the properties on kogus killing islands are they sustainable um, yes, a lot of the experiences on the Cocos Keeling Islands are sustainable and follow the principles of ecotourism. Um, it's a destination that is very untouched. So, you know, you've got a maximum of 600 people living in this destination and there's only flights to the islands twice a week. So it's a, it's a very sustainable destination in terms of there is no mass tourism, there's no you know, incredible numbers of people um, and everything on the islands is recycled. Oh, very cool. If you were to describe Cocos in a few words, what would they be? Oh, the quintessential tropical island paradise. Um, think of those postcards you've seen of the Maldives and the Cook Islands and Fiji, you know, the beautiful azure waters, the white sandy beaches, the coconut palms. That's Cocos. That's the picture you need to paint in your mind. Oh, my gosh. So there is actually <laughs> such a huge difference between Christmas Island and Cocos Island, even though they're quite close to each other. Oh, totally. The geography of the islands is so different. So they actually share the same underwater ridge. So it's the same ancient volcano that actually created the Cocos Keeling Islands that also created Christmas Island. The difference being is that in on the Cocos Keeling Islands, there's actually 26 different islands. Mm. 25 of them are in the southern atoll and the the 26th island, which is North Keeling Island, is a national park, and that's quite a way offshore. So what it is, think of it as the rim of the volcano, but only the top 10 or so metres is actually popping out of the ocean, and that's actually created all these individual islands. Mm-hmm. So very unlike Christmas Island, which is just a single island raising out of the, um, raising out of the ocean, Cocos is 26 islands, very, very low-lying um, islands, beautiful magnificent sandy beaches um so yeah very different geographically they complement each other beautifully Mm. 
We actually call it the Rock and Reef Experience. Oh. So Christmas Island is the rock in the middle of the Indian Ocean and Cocos is your low-lying quintessential tropical paradise island. So if you're looking for that soft adventure as well as that fly and flop, yes. yeah, we can offer you both. <laughs> <laughs> and who wouldn't want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So whereabouts is Cocos Killing Islands in relation to Christmas Island and where it is geographically? So geographically, it's 2,900 kilometres off the coast of Perth. So it's, an, it's in a north east, uh, northwesterly direction off co- the coast of Western Australia. It's about halfway between the West Australian coast and the Indian um, subcontinent. So that's where it actually sits. In relation to Christmas Island, it's about 900 kilometres southwest. Okay. So that's about a one and a half hour flight mm-hmm. from Christmas Island. Okay. Oh, that's not too far. And how can we get to Cocos Keeling Islands? Do we have to, we fly from Perth? Exactly. You fly from Perth. So Virgin services Christmas Island and the Cocos Keeling Island. It does a triangle service twice a week. Okay. So, for example, on a Tuesday, it goes Christmas, then Cocos, then Perth. And on a Friday, it does Cocos, then Christmas, then Perth, which means you can get between the islands very easily. Okay. So there's, there would be a minimum night stay because there would, you could only get in or out twice a week. <laughs> Correct. Yes, correct. So your minimum night stay is three nights. Um, We do recommend four nights or seven nights uh, because of the variety of things to do. There's so much to do on the Cocos Killing Islands. Okay. And do you still need a passport to get to Cocos? No, not at all. So it's an Australian island. Um, It's a an Australian territory. So same as Christmas Island, you don't actually need a passport. You just travel on your driver's licence or some sort of photo identification, but you do leave from the international airport and that's for customs and quarantine purposes because these islands are so unspoiled, we need to be very careful about what actually goes on to the island. So you do go through customs and quarantine when you leave Perth. And, of course, if you're visiting internationally, you definitely need to have your passport when you're flying anywhere in Australia. Correct. (laughs) So what are some of the amazing activities and experiences that you can have on the island? Cocos Keeling Islands do cooking classes and things like that. It does have quite a heavy Asian influence, am I right? Oh, correct. The culture on Cocos is really quite unique. So there is a, um, it's actually recognised as an Indigenous culture, the Cocos Malay. Um, The island was settled way back in the 1600s. You may have heard the stories of the Clooney's Ross dynasty. So the island was settled way back when, um, and it was actually privately owned right up until 1974. Mm. So the, the Clooney's Ross dynasty actually settled the islands for coconut plantations and for the um, production of copra and for the production they actually brought across a lot of Malay um, people from the Malaysian archipelago and they settled on Cocos and have now become the the main population base of the Cocos Killing Islands. So it's almost like travelling to Malaysia Mm. when you go across to Home Island. So there's two islands in the Cocos Killing Islands that are inhabited. Out of the 26, there's only two inhabited. Mm -hmm. One is Home Island, which is the home of the Cocos Malay people. And then you've got West Island, which is where the airport is, which is where a lot of the accommodation is and where most of the facilities are. But on, on Home Island, you can actually get a ferry service across the lagoon. And on Home Island, you can 
Yep, as you said, do cooking classes with the local um, Malay population. Mm. You can do tours, cultural tours, and you can even stay in the original house of the Clooney's Ross Dynasty, oh. Oceana House, which is yeah, quite a unique experience. Okay, cool. So the township of Home Island is only very small, I'm imagining. Correct, yes. There's only about 400 people live on Home Island. There's only about 200 people live on West Island. So the whole population of the Cocos Keeling Island is only around about 600 people. Okay, right. So the distance between Home Island and West Island, is it very far in the scheme of things? It's about nine kilometres across the lagoon serviced multiple times daily by a ferry Mm. it's got to be the best public transport option in australia because it literally costs you two dollars to go from home island i might have gone up to 250 now to go from home island to west island and back um, or vice versa and you're crossing one of the most stunning tropical lagoons you will ever see oh my gosh so yeah (laughs) direction island was actually named Australia's best beach in 2018. It is accessible by ferry twice a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday. Okay. I love that. That's uh, it's what a welcome. <laughs> well, you can basically, when you go across to Direction Island, you can basically have your own island for the day. It's just, yeah, it's quite incredible. It's like the, um, you know, again, that Robinson Crusoe experience or that, you know, survivor, Cocos Killing Islands. You're, you're literally on an uninhabited island. The only thing you've got is a shelter. You've got beautiful turquoise water to swim in there's a little um, swimming pontoon and there's one of the best experiences you can do on Cocos Killing Islands which is swim the rip should I tell you a bit about yeah, the rip? sure I haven't heard of the rip <laughs> the rip so at the end of Direction Island um, between Direction Island and what's called Prison Island there's a section of water that actually always flows into the lagoon and it is one of the most the best adventure snorkel experiences I've ever had. So what you do, you jump in at the off the island and basically the current takes you along the rip and it will always take you into the into the lagoon. So it's quite safe. So you're pretty much like Superman just <laughs> flying there with your mask and snorkel on, flowing into the lagoon. When you get to the end of the rip, there is a rope that you can grab onto and then you can get back to the beach. And it's one of those things that you just, it's like a ride at the show. You've just got to keep going, doing it, doing it again and the amount of marine life that you'll see in that adventure snorkeling experience is extraordinary you'll see sharks you'll see rays you'll see tropical fish you'll see coral and uh, yeah it's just amazing literally superman flying so you definitely need to go to cocos with a gopro (laughs) oh yes absolutely And where about are majority of the accommodations and where where's the airport? Okay, so um, the airport and the majority of the accommodation is on West okay. Island. So one of the things about Cocos is that it's it's very small. So the island, West Island itself, is five kilometres long and is only a couple of hundred metres mm-hmm. wide. So the airport almost goes the length of oh, West Island. Wow. And a lot of the accommodation is actually on the ocean side of the island so you don't even you don't need to worry about an airport transfer when you land on cocos because you you pick up your bag and you walk to your accommodation um so it's very close to the airport but you don't have to worry about you know flights interrupting your holiday because remember there's only two flights a week so (laughs) so you don't have to worry about air traffic 
the airport and the runway also um, double as the island's golf course. Mm. So it's the, it's the only golf course in the world that actually you're playing across an international airport. It's, pretty, it's a pretty oh, funky way so to play funny. a game of golf. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, all of the accommodation is actually, or most of the accommodation is on West Island. And as I mentioned before, you do have on Home Island, you do have accommodation at Oceana House, which is the original family home of the Cocos, uh, the Clooney's Ross dynasty. So the accommodation that you have on Cocos, there's a mix of different accommodation. Now, because it is so small, you don't have any large hotels, okay? It's all very, again, very small boutique style, very bespoke all owner operated. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are like beach houses. So you can actually rent the entire house. So great for families, great for couples. But you've also got some accommodations such as castaways, which are like private accommodation, oceanfront, and there's different room configurations. So oceanfront, two bedroom, etc. two bedroom, one bedroom, etc. Um, you've got like the village bungalows, which are like a resort style accommodation mm-hmm. around a sort of central area, uh, a central barbecue area. Uh, you've got the cottages, which uh, they actually won an award in the 2016 Tourism Awards. So they're a very popular choice on mm-hmm. the island. You've got Coca Sea View, which are basically individual suites connected in a building right on the ocean front so yeah you've got lots of different choices of accommodation on Cocos. Mm, and they are all beachfront are they yes they are yes so remember that the island is only a couple oh. hundred meters wide so <laughs> they're all next door to each other if they're not <laughs> exactly if they're not right on the indian ocean they're like you know steps away from the indian oh my ocean. gosh it just sounds <laughs> heavenly doesn't it <laughs> Oh, it is extraordinary. Yeah, yeah that, as I say, that quintessential picture postcard tropical island, that's mm, Gosh, it would be hard to leave. And I don't know whether four nights would be enough, Linda. You did say four nights, but seven nights would be great. Again, completely uninhabited. You've got snorkeling. You've got bushwalks that you can do on South Island. They'll even do hermit crab races with you. And they provide the, mo- the best champagne breakfast you can possibly imagine. So there's, there's really no better way to see some of the other islands than with the, the Cocos motorised canoe oh, safari. That sounds really fun. I like that idea. <laughs> Not having to... Oh, it is it is so much fun. And Kylie and Ash just make it the best fun trip. Yeah. I can see that there's heaps of reef there. And I'm gonna ask you, is there an opportunity to dive at Cocos as well? <gasps> there is indeed. Another one of the reasons that I loved going to Cocos, because I'm also a dive instructor. So um scuba diving is one of my passions. And um Dita and Karen run Cocos Dive on Cocos Keeling Islands. There is only one dive operator, so it's really important if you want to dive on the island to make sure mm-hmm. you pre-book. Um, because yeah, to make sure that they are going to be there. And the diving is extraordinary. Uh, so you've got lots of reef you can dive inside the lagoon you can dive outside the lagoon um, and there is lots and lots of action when I say action that can be turtle action there's 30,000 turtles live in the lagoon on Cocos and also shark action it's um, one of the sharkiest places on the planet but obviously nothing hopefully nothing that's Mm -hmm. going to eat you most of the the sharks in the lagoon are those little black Mm -hmm. tip reef sharks you know just you know um 
you know, 60, 80, 100 yeah. centimetres long and and lots of reef sharks because, as you said, it's just surrounded by tropical reef. Um, it's interesting to note that Charles Darwin actually formed his theory of coral reef evolution on the Cocos Killing Islands when he sailed past oh. in the Beagle. So it's um, there is some incredible history on the Cocos yeah, Islands. Yeah, wow. Well. What's the depth of the lagoon? Do you know? Oh, that's a really good question. I couldn't tell you. I know there are some beautiful blue holes mm. in the lagoon, beautiful warm waters. So the water temperature on Cocos ranges between 26 and 28 degrees. And one of the other unique experiences on Cocos is that there is a resident dugong living in oh. the lagoon, which is really unusual because it's it's not area for dugongs, but cat the dugong has been living there now for about 15 years so you were quite offering counter him on the diving as well and as well as you know beautiful dolphins and manta rays there's a manta ray cleaning station on cocos as well as those 330,000 turtles that oh, i mentioned cool the lagoon sounds like it's definitely the place for like stand-up paddle boarding and things like that as well do you find that people are going there for those sorts of water activities like that's the destination that you would go to if you wanted to you know go and check out the lagoon do it by stand up paddleboard everything's on the water as you said before Exactly. And it's perfect for kayaking and stand-up paddleboarding. And you can actually hire them on the island. Not oh, a problem at yes, all. Yes, that was going to be my next um, question. They're pretty big, so hard to lug around. <laughs> hard to lug around. Exactly. No, you can definitely hire them on the island. And look, there are parts of the lagoon that you can only access in high tide so that it is actually quite shallow. So it's perfect for learning to stand up paddleboard or to, you know, really visit some of these little hidden inlets in, um, you know, in some of the uninhabited islands. And as I also mentioned before, kite surfing, because the lagoon is, you know, perfect conditions for kiting in mm. the windy season, which is um, July, August, September. Um, it's perfect because it's shallow, it's safe, it's not crowded. Perfect place if you want to learn how mm. to kiteboard. Yeah, I can't say I've ever done that before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd probably spend more time in the water than I would be standing up actually doing. <laughs> oh, and, and that's not a problem at all. It's actually, And that's no dramas at all, Steph. It's lovely to be in the water. Yes, yeah, so kite surfing is um, yeah, it's a great <laughs> thing to do on the island. There are um, instructors on the island that can help you through that. Or, again, um, you can actually do a tour to Cocos, you know, for specifically oh, for cool. kiteboarding. Uh, for oh, kite surfing sorry. sounds great yeah, brilliant. what are your favorite experiences on cocos oh definitely the rip so snorkeling the rip on direction island um i loved um i love doing the canoe safari um that was absolutely brilliant and but of course my passion is diving so i think the diving there is is sensational as well so i yeah i couldn't pick one i'd have to say all three <laughs> and is there a particular <laughs> dive spot on the island that is your favorite or is it a oh, secret? <laughs> um, uh, no. Well, Deja will take okay. you to all the best spots. Um, I loved Cabbage Patch. It's actually called Cabbage Patch. It's in the lagoon and it's called such because it is just full of cabbage coral. Um, like I have never seen so much cabbage coral in my life. Extraordinary. And it's also where I had my amazing tiger shark experience. So that's um, being a tropical island, being turtles, there are tiger sharks in the lagoon. So if anyone's keen. Crocus keeling at all? 
No, not on Cocos. No, they do um, oh, yeah. come through Christmas Island mm-hmm. on their migration, but no, okay. not on Cocos. There's occasional humpback whales seen off Cocos on the outside of the lagoon, um, but it's not something no. that you can guarantee. So, Linda, you mentioned how we can combine both Christmas Island and Cocos Killing Islands on the same plane ticket. How do we go about doing that? Ah, oh, great question, Steph. Um, Indian Ocean Experiences have what we call a rock and reef package. So um, Christmas Island is obviously the rock and Cocos is the the reef. And the rock and reef package just gives you seven days on each island. And it's a great way to do it because you're only flying, um, you're flying on the same plane. You basically fly out of Perth, fly to Christmas Island, spend seven days, fly to Cocos Island, spend seven days, and then fly back to Perth. So you're not having to do that um, long leg between Perth and the islands um, twice. You're just flying in between the islands. So yeah, jump on our website indianoceanexperiences.com.au and have a look at the rock and reef package sounds fantastic have you got some more information on what's included in the package I certainly have. So it's 14 nights, Steph, and it covers um, your flights from Perth with Virgin. It includes seven nights accommodation on Christmas Island, seven nights accommodation on Cocos Island. It also includes car hire on both islands so that you can get yourself around. It includes the orientation tour on Christmas Island and it includes the commodorised canoe safari (laughs) on Cocos. And all of that is available from $3,060. So it's a pretty... It's a pretty special package, isn't it? Oh, my God, package, that's two weeks. That's two weeks. Um, yeah, two people sharing. So that's per person, two people sharing. Um, and, yeah, it's, uh, it's an extraordinary yeah, that package. that is extraordinary. I'm a big cruiser, Linda, so that pricing is kind of what people are expecting to pay if they're going on, like, a seven-night cruise in a balcony cabin, for instance. Um, <laughs> on some cruise lines. So, yeah, it's definitely, definitely so affordable. So how can people learn more, Linda? Um, well, you can jump on our website, um, indianoceanexperiences.com.au, and we've also got all the usual social channels, so Facebook and Instagram. Um, also jump on the Cocos Killing Islands Tourism Association website, which is cocoskillingislands.com.au. They've got some great information on there. They are also on Facebook, Instagram, and they've got a brilliant YouTube channel. There's some awesome videos just taken very recently. Destination WA have um, recently visited both Christmas and Cocos and you'll see them on the YouTube channels to give you a really good overview of the experiences that you'll get. I've been on YouTube and I have creeped on (laughs) a little bit on YouTube. It's absolutely incredible and it's definitely right up there next to Christmas Island on my bucket list and must-to-visit places. I can't wait. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's great to actually physically see it when you jump on YouTube and see um, the experiences that you can have. It's, um, yeah, just perfect it it is really it fits in perfectly with unplug in paradise believe me <laughs> no better way to unplug in paradise than to go to crocus and christmas island thank That's you it. so much Linda, for your time i really appreciate you delivering all of your amazing expertise first-hand experiences on both christmas island and crocus killing islands i've enjoyed it immensely and i will definitely sing out to indian ocean experiences if I'm ever in the region and also if you're looking at a really different, unique experience that you can have in Australia without passports necessary, please let me know or reach out to Indian Ocean Experiences. Thanks, Linda. Thanks, Steph. It's been fun. 
Wow, okay. So these last two episodes between Christmas Island and the Crocus Killing Islands, I hope you're getting my drift here when I say that these two island groups are in such a remote location off the west coast of Australia. A lot of people never even heard of them before. Christmas Island is not considered generally a destination, but it has so much to offer. Cocos Killing Islands is like a mini Maldives. Like seriously, they're part of Australia, secluded, remote, culture-rich, nature-rich. Being one with the land, one with the sea and everything in between. And it's all accessible from Perth on the west coast of Australia. So what are we waiting for? If you want to learn more, head over to the show notes, travelbystephanie.com.au forward slash 31. There you'll find a complete list of all the suppliers who were featured in today's episode, as well as the information on how to get in contact if you want to go ahead and make Christmas Island or Crocus Killing Islands, a solid plan on your bucket list. And just as a side note, due to the exclusivity of the actual island groups and the lack of massive accommodations on both of the islands, it is recommended to make your booking in advance. Because hey, if you're going to travel all the way to paradise, it may as well be perfect. If I can help with anything at all, please do let me know. I do hang out over on Instagram a lot these days. So If you have any questions at all, feel free to DM me over on Instagram. My account is travel.by.stephanie. Any questions you've got relating to the podcast episodes or if you need to get in touch with anyone relating to what was discussed in the episode today with any particular questions, feel free to send them over. Also, if you're loving what I'm doing over here, feel free to leave me a podcast review over on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews and five-star ratings are the things that help me climb the charts each and every week. You can also subscribe via Apple Podcasts and follow on Spotify. I'm also available on all the major podcasting apps worldwide in case you have another preference. Well, that's it from me this week. I wish you the best week ever and I look forward to chatting again soon. Take care of each other and stay safe. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,